Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsythe. On The Advertising Show being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. Visit online at adage.com. The Advertising Show, a big radio midgets production with uh, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsythe here. Our special guest today, uh, Olive Hudson on the, what did he say? What was the name of that one? Well, some in some small community on the Hudson. On the Hudson, yeah. <laughs> yes. It was a beautiful community. Uh, out of Westchester, New York, uh, we have uh, Ron Rentel. And we have today on the show Brad Karma Queens, Geek Gods, and Entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's all part of uh, Ron's brand new book. It's uh, Karma Queens, Geek Gods, Entrepreneurs. And uh, we'll have Ron for a few segments on the show today. Along with, in just a few moments, um, Patrick Meyer, also out of New York, Upside Down Media Plans. Well, that never happens. And a little bit Hmm. later on this hour, it's become known as an expert in your field. You see, if people can know you as an expert at what you do, they're more Mm -hmm. likely to trust and believe in your product and your services. So it's uh, some good stuff there. So looking forward to talking with Ron in just a few moments. We've got Patrick and Jeffrey uh, as well here on the advertising show. What, what, What is that there? Well, you know, do you remember uh, Dr. Ruth? You ever wonder what happened to her? <laughs> I remember her. I don't know what happened. Don't know what happened to her. Uh, it, there's two okay. people I've been wondering. It's every since reading this piece, which I'm going to read in a second. It's I know made you really me like Sue Johansson. She's a, she's your best bud. She is. She's yeah. much slicker than uh, Dr. Ruth, and a little younger, I might add. <laughs> She's that's more of a grandmother true. than a great-grandmother. That's true. That's true. I mean, Dr. Yeah. Ruth was old 25 years ago when she came on the scene. Yeah, but Before I get to Dr. Ruth, where the hell is Cher? I mean, has anybody thought about this? I, I saw I her she... in Billings, so maybe she's still there. Really? <laughs> Highli- she's doing a headliner in Billings. Oh, this is years ago. She kind oh, of yeah. Like, well, oh, everybody in town is so excited. I was in a, for a food convention, and everybody was so happy. There were no buses available, no cars available. Everybody's going to the Cher concert at hmm. the Armory there. I, <laughs> I saw a piece on Sunny the other day, uh, and I'm telling you, it made me realize this lady's dropped off the side of the world. I mean, yeah, she really off. has. Well, she doesn't have the hair product stuff anymore, at least I don't see it. Right. The makeup, I guess, is... Whatever. Well, maybe around Christmas time we'll hear her saying, Whoa, holy night. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, college students at MTVU want to talk about sex. What's new there? The network will enlist the services of Dr. Ruth Westheimer to answer qu- uh, sex questions, of course, submitted by viewers through the MTVU website. And the new show is called, here we go, yeah. Sex Cred with Dr. Ruth. Well, I think it's really cool they brought her it's back. A, it is a pretty cool. Uh, but here's what's interesting: the, the other two her out and brought her back. That's right. And sex cred with Dr. Ruth. I mean, she's got some street cred and some sex cred. Uh, but anyway, it's one of two new fall programs introduced recently, along with the returning shows on MTVU, which is uh, one is Stand In, in which celebrities act as uh, professors, which is kind of interesting, and Quad Squads, Michigan versus Ohio State in a reality program. And the other new show, Ray, you want to make note of this, is self-explanatory. Sure. Here's the up, title. Yeah. What? How do I say this? I'm gay. It's an extension. <laughs> it's an extension. Tell your wife about this, Ray. Okay. It's an extension of uh, an online advice. Uh, tell, your, site tell my pre- wife you're gay. 
No, no that, that I said I'm, you I'm, were, I'm, I'm, uh, of an online advice uh, site produced by UCLA students. Okay. Uh, yes. Sure. How do I say this? I'm gay. I think you just did. I think, uh, yeah, isn't that on HGTV? Yeah. <laughs> Nike is doing some cool stuff, uh, supporting women. What a concept, because I think women buy shoes, too, don't they? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nike has uh, created an ad campaign that is sure to generate buzz, at least the client is hoping that it does. The supporting brand giant has put a marketing spin on the offensive comments made by Imus against uh, the Rutgers University oh, women's boy. basketball team. Serena Williams, uh, Picabo Street, Gabby Reese are part of the campaign that began uh, about a week or so ago. It includes television ads, uh, a giant New York City billboard with Williams that goes up. Uh, Nike also ended up 425 grand in cash and equipment and launched the Let Me Play Fund, which will issue grants for equipment and uniforms. The fund is named after an emotional Nike ad that last aired in 85, which, in which girls and women revealed the benefits of organized sports, basically. The new push comes after months of, uh, months that is, after sexist and racist comments by IMS about the Rutgers players, and days after reports last week uh, that uh, IMS could return to radio. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I haven't heard anything lately on that. Not it's lately. possible that out there. But uh, anyway, so Nike is doing some cool stuff and targeting hmm. women. What a concept. Yeah, what an idea there. Uh, and, you know, there's a big buzz about uh, IMS right after they settled their, their deal with uh, CBS radio. Yeah. 20 mil. And I, I, th- I say 20 mil. We, we've told CBS or anybody else that will listen to us, we'll quit working for 10 million, half that. We'll save you that kind of money. I'm going for that, yeah. Real quickly, Ray, we've talked about Dunkin' Donuts and how we both like driving by the Dunkin' Donuts to watch all the men there yeah. on their right. uh, on the stool showing their coin slots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, apparently, <laughs> sensing the uh, inevitable, donuts, uh, donut specialist Dunkin' Donuts announced recently they will eliminate most trans fats from their menu. The move comes following a four-month test at 400 of their outlets. The chain said that the menu will be zero grams of trans fats by October 15th, and it uh, will be throughout its 5,400 U.S. restaurants. The company wants to make sure you understand that they are not claiming to create healthy donuts. They're just getting rid of the trans fats. Yeah, and what they do is you walk in there now, and all you can get is a cup of coffee. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. We've got uh, Ron Rentel with us coming, uh, coming up here momentarily. Right now, it's Patrick Meyer. Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer. Today I'm going to talk to you about the upside-down media plan. You're saying, what's an upside-down media plan? Well, you've actually seen a lot of them. Upside-down media plan and upside-down marketing plan. Let me share with you something that happened recently. I'm with a client in the morning listening to research present insights on the consumer and the factors that drive the business. In the afternoon, the team is sharing the overall marketing plan and media plan. They asked for my point of view, and I said, well, let me backtrack here. I went to the easel and I wrote down what I heard in the insight presentation. Number one driver of purchase was word of mouth at approximately 80% level. The next was the brand experience. In the car category, that would be a test drive. In the cosmetic category, that would be sampling the product. The third was the internet shopping experience at about the 60% level. Then it dropped all the way down to television at 10%, radio at 5%, and print at 5%. So I said to the client, your whole media plan is upside down. You've got all your spending where TV, print, and radio are at the 10% to 5% level. But you aren't driving hard against those at the top, word of mouth, the Internet, and the brand experience. I said, you need to realign your whole media marketing plan. Here's where my clients are now and most smart marketers. It's going back to the brand experience. 
what exactly sets you apart that causes the consumer to say, yes, this is what I'm looking for, and then tell five of their friends as well. So start with your brand experience, then reevaluate what do you need to do as a marketing mission? Do you need to get where people are and let them experience it? Do you need to put it in a place where they can experience your brand online but understand its benefits? Do you need to reorient your marketing plan to get to places where they are at retail or at passion point events or other places where they are? Or equally important, to take your current media, TV, network, radio, and build new technologies in it so that they can get involved. I'm Patrick Meyer, and remember... The marketing revolution is now. You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. Thanks, Patrick, on The uh, Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Okay, the Michael Vick thing before we yeah, were we, so rudely interrupted. Yeah, you know how judges are being creative with their sentencing and so forth? I heard that yes. the new judge for the Michael Vick uh, uh case yeah. is going to give a creative sentence where they're going to put Michael Vick on America's uh, most uh, the uh, most what's the Fox program you America's know America's most wanted no the no. Fox uh, uh, America's show. funniest talent videos show. or something no the like talent that? show I have you know where the singers that. and all that's the number one program in whatever the world. whatever yeah <laughs> well you got to be able to tell me that anyway Randy Jackson okay. you know he's the judge yeah. Right. They're going to cut to Michael Vick every time Randy Jackson goes, hey, dog, <laughs> and just cut to ja- cut to Michael Vick, get a look at him, and then go back to Jackson. Michael Vick. He, he wasn't at last uh, that I heard was dropped from the uh, the football team. He was still part of that. Uh, no, he's I, gone now. Obviously, he's going to have to do some jail time or something. No, he's here. gone. He's oh, gone. he is gone officially? Yeah, yeah. I thought gone. that they Okay. No, okay. in the beginning, before he did this admission of guilt and, and, and guilt, then they had to keep him on for a while. Now they're saying, we want our $20 million back. <laughs> that signing bonus. There you go. Ron yeah. Rentel is up next on the advertising show. Karma Queens, Geek Gods, and Entrepreneurs. It's a brand new book, and we've got Ron for a few segments here on the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. And we hope you'll stay with us. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. I'd like to buy the world a home and furnish it with love. Grow apple trees and hide. So you're wearing that rainbow, Brad. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on The Advertising Show with uh, Ron Rentel. Ron is a veteran of the new product world with over 20 years' experience in the innovation and marketing industry. He founded Consumer Eyes back in 91 after six years with Gerald Schoenfeld, a pioneering innovations brand development company, continuing to reach out for new ways to explore consumers' minds and motivations. In uh, 2000, he co-founded BuzzBack, Inc., and an online marketing research company. Currently resides, as we were trying to figure out, it's right here on his bio, Croton on Hudson, New York. And uh, I'll tell you, Ron, it is great to have you on the show. We, we need to mention the book as well. It is called Karma Queens, Geek Gods, and Entrepreneurs. So welcome to the advertising show. Well, thanks a lot for having me. Well, it's our pleasure, and I must say, uh, Ron, it's not often we have uh, authors on the show that we think just, you know, hasn't shot the pants off the covers of this book. i got to tell you, this is an outstanding 
uh, read, and I would like to recommend all of our listeners to check it out. And after you hear today's interview, I'm sure you'll want to, published on McGraw-Hill. Before we get into talking about your book, Ron, your bio mentions that you had a hand in creating uh, success and influencing new products for Amex, PepsiCo, uh, Campbell Soups, and, and other J&J, to, to just mention a few. Share with us, if you would, some of the more well-known new product innovations you were involved with, products today that maybe we'd all be familiar with. Sure. I mean, one of the earliest things we ever worked on was V8 Splash, which was an interesting product we developed with Campbell's way back when. Still are around, it kind of defined a category for itself, which was kind of interesting and fun. Um, and it actually helped us think about how to reach out to consumers in new ways. It, it, it kind of helped us put the focus group behind us and, and in a way, helped um, me think about how to get insight uh, in more real-world ways. So that's kind of an interesting project for us many moons back. And more recently, um, something that's uh, come through Miller, which is called Miller Chill, which is an interesting product that um, kind of takes a, a very um, simple Mexican recipe, chalada beer, and mixes it's a, it's a beer, and, and it's got a twist of lime and, and salt, and it's kind of a unique flavor, so it's a unique kind of taste. And that's launched, oh, in the, in this summer, and it's done quite well. It's beginning to do quite well for them. We're excited about that. Um, there are a bunch. I mean, Soup at Hand was a product that we were heavily involved in, in helping develop. Uh, we worked with Goodyear on the assurance. So I, hmm. there's a boatload of things that sort of come yeah. through our process. Well, that's, that sounds like interesting uh, uh, world to work within and great clients, certainly. You know, your book is all about uh, consumers and how they make purchase decisions. I'm curious, Ron, what prompted you to start categorizing consumers? What, what was wrong with the way uh, everyone viewed consumers prior to your book? Well, I'm not sure it was that there was some, you know, I'm not sure that there's anything wrong so much as it was a chance for us as we, as we did our work and we stepped back and we kind of thought about what would help our clients most get under um, what really makes consumers tick. We realized that traditional segmentation studies and a lot of the ways that we'd seen our clients kind of divide, divide up their consumer base really didn't account for the human factor, as funny as that sounds, and the idiosyncrasies that kind of define each of us um, often need to be taken into account when we think about sort of who our type or who our target is. So it was thinking about, you know, as we did our research and did lots of work, you would see the same kinds of people come in through the doors or talk to lots of experts and realize, gee, you know, there's a type out there called the karma queen. There's a woman out there who marketers may not really fully understand because they're thinking, oh, this woman's an aging hippie. She's got hairy armpits and she's wearing patchouli and tie-dye and she's kind of stringy around the edges. When in fact... She's a sexy, vital kind of aging boomer who has all of that underneath her, but at the same time, you know, wants to be um, kind of viewed as a sexy, vital kind of interesting woman. And I think often what we've seen is is we cast off of those idiosyncrasies and you lose a little of the depth of what um, really makes sort of a consumer consumer unique. And and at the same time, where you can sort of look at a wide swath and say, hey, there's something here. So even metrosexuals, I mean, you know, you look at that. It's, it's a term that we, we think hasn't been as durable on some level, but it helped it helped people who were marketing skincare think about men in wholly different ways. Um, and soccer moms. I mean, there's a lot of precursors to these types that we think, you know, even all the way back to hippies and beatniks. And we've always thought 
this way. You know, the U.S. has defined types for, you know, outside of this book for a long time. What we wanted to do is just identify those that we felt were most influential for now. Yeah, and, you know, and uh, very well said, and also certainly metrosexuals, uh, a term that was good fodder for uh, late-night television as well as far as uh, comedy. But you you make a a very good point there. You you know, your book uh, has an 07 copyright. I'm assuming maybe you wrote it as as uh, late as 06, and uh, you say that in the book that you, uh, it's about nine most interesting types of consumers. Since writing the book, I'm curious, looking back now and where we are in 07 today, are, are there more than nine consumer groups? You wish you would have included a few more uh, since writing um, the book? Yeah, I mean, I think there's always, we're sort of, a, we're thinking a lot about kids now, and we're thinking sort of about youth types and where they're going and what's going on with the youth culture, and I think that would have been something interesting to kind of divide up and think about in a new way. I'm not sure that, I think most of these still seem significant to us, and we haven't fully kind of identified any others that are really popping. But also, I'm I'm not certain that these are the only types, to be clear. I mean, you know, I think our hope is to inspire creativity uh, and insight. So when people read these, they think about, gee, you know, maybe you challenge one and say, I'm not sure my brand really talks to this type specifically, but if I thought about it another way, I could define one more uh, uniquely for, for my own brand, and that may be uh, as important, if not more, than our spin or our filter on it. Um, so I'm not saying, I don't think this is the compendium of types, and if, you, and if you look at these nine, you've covered them all. I think we just wanted to look at the ones that we felt were most compelling. Um, I'm not sure what the new ones might be. Mm-hmm. What uh, what is it that's going on today that that makes consumer groups change so quickly? You, you talk about shifting parts, the C types, and so forth. Well, wh- why is that? Well, I mean, I think it's I think I think, and I think you guys know as well. It's it's it's, it's your show. It's the internet. I mean, it's it's a, it's a, the groups that we can align ourselves with are just. It's easier to find these people because they exist beyond our small community, beyond a larger state. They're not people that we necessarily have to interact with face-to-face. So I think everything that we, that we think about related to the types has really been fostered by communities that are, that are really you know, sort of born and, and bred and built through the Internet, and that does change. So suddenly you, know, you, can, you can find um, people, no matter where you are, who have similar interests to who, or who define themselves in similar ways regardless of how small or sort of large your, your town or city is. And that's obviously been the big change. And everything shifts. Everything has moved faster. In the 20 years I've been doing this, food trends, I mean, let's face it, things that we used to have to go to the coast to really define where the next big food was going to come from. And we still do. I mean, most of our immersion work is obviously in leading-edge cities. But how quickly things become part, you know, kind of, it's, there's no, it's not as relevant that you have to do that because things hit the middle as quickly as they as they hit the, the left and the right coast to a degree. On the advertising show, it's Ray Schillen's Brad Forsyth. Our special guest is uh, Ron Rentel. In the studio, we have karma queens, Greek or Greek gods, geek gods, and <laughs> entrepreneurs. It's Ron Rentel's book, and of course, we've got more with Ron here uh, in just a few moments. On the advertising show, being powered by Shipple.com, it's S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com. And uh, check out the, the website for a program called Tennessee. It's a hot thing. So, back with more in just a moment on The Advertising Show. 
Why do more media professionals read IWantMedia.com? IWantMedia.com features reports from industry leaders and media personalities. IWantMedia.com gives you quick access to news, stats, trade orgs, and industry publications, and it's updated daily. Forbes says IWantMedia.com contains everything media professionals need to stay ahead of the game. The Washington Post calls it the source for the serious media geek. Do you get it? If you don't, you should. To sign up for free daily email alerts, visit IWantMedia.com. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. Welcome back to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. And our special guest is author of Karma Queens, Geek Gods, and Entrepreneurs. It's Ron Rentel. Ron, it's great to have you on the show. Welcome back. Thank you. Yeah, and if you Google uh, Google the title or Ron's name, you'll see a lot out there on your book. You've gotten a lot of press. Uh, I saw a nice piece several weeks ago in Ad Age and uh, a lot written about your book. So uh, I hope... Uh, we can do our part in sharing with our listeners around the world here in the advertising show and urge uh, urge those that find this interesting to pick up a copy, Amazon.com, I suppose, of where you could go. You touched on uh, food trends towards the end of last segment. Ron, talk a little bit about some of the food trends. I know I've heard uh, calorie restriction diet, for example, is right. the hot thing if you want to well, live to be old. That, yeah, that's an interesting kind of look at, I think you may be aware, it's not about, it's not about looking thin or staying thin. What it's about is longevity and what you're seeing is sort of on on the leading edge um, a group of people there's even a website the calorie restriction society um, that talks about how this actually will help slow aging so who doesn't want that you know everything is you know aging boomers want to be younger so that's kind of an interesting thing i think it's kind of hasn't hit the main yet but there's a group of people who are really restricting calories and there's a whole bunch of um, thought behind it to to live longer which we think is interesting I think there are a couple that are really sort of about to pop. I mean, the organic, the organic thing obviously has now hit the main. It's in Walmart. Biodynamic food is an interesting thing to think about. And it's in a unique kind of spin on organic. I don't know if you guys are familiar with, you know, sort of what it is and its, its tenants, but that's something that we see bubbling up. It's, it's kind of a, the best way to describe it is wellness meets organic to a degree of spirituality. There's a lot of thinking about where um, how you're thinking about yourself in the place in the world and how the light, the sun, the moon, the stars, everything in rhythm kind of affects growth and, and life and form, and that's bound up with how you grow. And you're seeing this sort of pop up in wine. You're seeing it in other categories. And we think it's kind of it's what the, the folk who really pioneered the organic movement have moved on to as agribusiness has sort of stepped into organic as an opportunity uh, Ron, excuse me, Ron. What would be an example of a biodynamic food? Well, there's a, there's a bunch of different wines that are grown mm-hmm. in this way. There's a whole network. I don't know if you're aware of um, community-supported agriculture. So any food oh, yeah. that's grown can be biodynamic as long as it sort of adheres to the principles. So it's it's about sort of taking all of this sort of mind-body-spirit, which sounds a little freaky-deaky uh, stuff, and putting it into the way that you approach your farming so it's organic and beyond to a degree, mm-hmm. um, and it's also how you treat your workers, how you think about the people who are actually, you know, growing the food. So there are many, you know, co-ops, community-supported agriculture groups throughout the U.S. that are growing food in this way. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of an the, interesting food trend. The, the politics of, of coffee, for example. I know there's uh, issues regarding how, how uh, coffee uh, uh, workers are treated, and there's a term for that. It escapes me right now. What's locavores? What does that mean? Locavores is is also on the on the on the rise, and this is about eating locally. Eating within a hundred mile radius is kind of the typical thought around this, where people are thinking again. I mean, if you go to many green markets throughout the U.S., not all of the produce is organic, and there's a whole group of people out there saying, "Hey, is it better to get organic produce from Chile or from another part of the world and take all of that, uh, all of those resources to get it here to to wherever we are?" Um, I'm not, I don't think so. I want to eat from my local food shed, and so these, this, this, and there's a great uh, restaurant. Um, there's a bunch of different restaurants, but um, but Stone Barns at Blue Hill uh, here in New York is an example of this, where everything throughout the restaurant is grown with this philosophy, or served, I should say, with this philosophy. So locavores are eating with a hundred mile. It's local food shed kind of movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in that respect, you're getting closer to the people who are actually connected to your food, which is a huge thing. People want it, they want authenticity, and they want to know who is behind my food. They want it well, to be as close to the maker, if you will, the grower, if you will. Not to mention you're not burning up gas to get food from one side of the country to the other, and you're adding to that uh, issue of uh, global warming and all that. So uh, let's go back to your book for a second. Since the, t- since the title of your book is Karma Queens, Geek Gods, and Entrepreneurs, are, are we to assume that these three groups are the ones you consider most important? Um, I think Karma Queens for us is one. I think the geek gods are important because the, the interesting spin on who, who that, a geek god for us is important because we couldn't exist, or at least I couldn't without them. Mm-hmm. They're the young guys who we consider to be the tech, they're the geeks of the world. The geeks are sexy. Now, these guys, they are sort of the alpha male of today, and they know and they sort of have knowledge around the things that we, we transact life, so they're no lo- it's no longer like whoever's strongest is going to sort of win the woman. This is like the guy who's the smartest in terms of technology will. But the God part, and that's where the idiosyncrasy comes in, is, we, is if, you look at, if you start to get to know these guys, there's often a benevolence around them. They're very often guys who want to share, want to come into your house and set up your network. If you get them on the phone and you have a problem, they're troubleshooting, they'll help. They've sort of got this sort of godliness about them in the way that they give and, and sort of share information. So you know, they're critical, I think, to most people's ability to just sort of turn the computer on and make it work. Um, so from that respect, they are. I think there are a couple of others that may be even more interesting and leading a little bit. Um, for example, denim dads. I think a denim dad is sort of a type that is going to have a lot of influence going forward. And, and there are a, a group of guys who are sort of defining their lives not just through their work but through their family as well. And in a way, kind of doing what traditionally um, working women have had to do, balancing that you know, sort of work-life balance thing. But they're really seeing this as an important facet of life, and that's a very big shift from what how men have approached sort of the work and the home uh, traditionally, um, and, and to creating a balance. Which they, and I think part of this might be post nine one one and realizing what's important. But there's a, a, a group of young guys who are really sort of approaching fatherhood in a wholly new way, and we think there's something important to think about, you know, going forward, especially for marketers or packaged goods who have traditionally always sought women and, and marketed directly to women, 
um, there's an opportunity there to kind of think about men in a new way. Ron Rentel is our special guest here on the Advertising Show. The book is called Karma Queens, Geek Gods, and Entrepreneurs. Consumer Eyes dot com is a website you need to check out as well. One more segment with Ron, and we'll do that in just a minute. How can 18 different companies all sell the exact same thing known as water? It starts here in Advertising Age, the leading source for marketing, advertising, media, and ideas. For almost 75 years, we've covered the most thought-provoking, groundbreaking stories in the industry, giving you the competitive edge to be a leader. Your job demands you not only have good ideas, but great ideas. And those great ideas have to start somewhere. And that somewhere is in the pages of Advertising Age and also online at adage.com. How can you get someone's attention if you don't have $10 million in a celebrity endorsement? It starts here in Advertising Age, the leading source for marketing, advertising, media, and ideas. For almost 75 years, we've covered the most innovative and groundbreaking stories in the industry, giving you the competitive edge to be a leader. The next big idea demands out-of-the-box thinking. Start your search for greatness in the pages of Advertising Age and also online at adage.com. Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is The Advertising Show. Mm. I love the sound of the rain. Mm. And I love the taste of your fresh fruit coffee. Oh, thanks, but it's not fresh fruit. Oh, it's, it's Starbucks. <laughs> like we said. Here we go. Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, and one final segment with... Uh, our special guest today, author of Karma Queens, Geek Gods and Entrepreneurs, it's Ron Rentel. Ron, welcome back to the show. Oh, thanks. Yeah, let's uh, let's take advantage of having somebody like Ron on the show and then talk uh, pick his brain a little bit about uh, something going on in our world today. Primitivism. It's uh, a world of hypertech that we all live in. We know this, and you know, a bit detached from. Uh, you know, the the feel, the human touch, what I like to call the high-tech, low-touch uh, world we all live in. Uh, are we all returning to our primitive roots here, Ron? Well, some of us are, I think, and uh, I think it's hard not to want to, right, when you see how much is taken away by technology and living in a post-industrial world. So, you know, I mean, you just look at backyard, look at the, what's going on in people's backyards in suburbia today and how much fire happens there between outdoor kids. I mean, it's just on a very simple level you see that things like that going on where people are desiring uh, to get back into their to, to in touch with what it is to be human. It's very difficult uh, because they're surrounded by things that just don't feel very human. And then on, and, and so many other examples between game meats kind of coming into the four bison and and, and root and root vegetables and root foods and the Burning Man Festival. You see some interest again uh, in, in midwifery, which is a kind of a, a very, in a sense, primitive. There's so many examples we, we think out there of people kind of yearning to get back all the way into what it is almost to be a hunter and a gatherer. Um, and so, yeah, on some level, people, it's not just about back to basics. It's kind of digging under and kind of, again, to your point, you know, feeling um, more of a high-touch life, you know, because it's hard to. Do you, do you think with uh, technology, which is not going away anytime soon, but you becoming more and more a part of everyone's life? I know I read a stat the other day where 
Uh, we're, we're expecting a 100% uh, penetration on uh, mobile phones here in about, uh, I think it was 2011. I know when my great, when my aunt, 80 uh, some odd year old aunt, has a cell phone that it's getting close. So, right. you know, as technology continues to become more and more a part of everyone's life, is this a trend that uh, you see growing? And if so, how much more can it grow, and in what direction? In terms of primitivism. Yes. Yeah, I think if it's it driven, if it's driven by hypertech, and yeah, if tech is keep, not going to get deeper, I think people yeah. people are going to almost become luddites in, with intent. You know, the desire to sort of shed. You know, as one is stretched so thin by technology and answering to it in a way. And yes, it's unbelievably enabling, and you know, we're all addicted. Um, it's like crack cocaine. But on the other hand. You know, it's very difficult to, you know, I, there's just an article in the journal about no one taking vacations anymore. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to sort of shed and just, you know, life is very short. And suddenly uh, you need a moment to really feel what it is to be human. I think that the more we have with technology, the, the, the more pervasive technology becomes, the more the need for this kind of feeling will, will occur to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and just one, one quick question on a, a final note here, on a personal note. After all the talk about consumer types from your book, where do you fit in? Yeah, you know, that's a good question. I think I'm a denim dad and a parentocrat kind of hybrid. <laughs> that was right? a very succinct answer. That was. And you actually made our break here, which I'm blown away by. As long as you're wearing the right kind of denim. Right, Ron? Yep. <laughs> there you, you go. go. Back with more in just a moment. And, Ron, thanks for being on the show today. Uh, continued success with your book as well. Thanks very much, guys. Back thanks, with guys. more of the advertising show in just a moment. Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. some most happy fellas, the four lads for Ford. Standing on the corner, watching all the Fords go by. Hey, thanks for Ron being with us uh, today on the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Next, uh, our next guest, uh, it's um, basically a guy by the name of Joel Com. Now, here's the interesting part. He is the Internet entrepreneur and host of The Next Internet Millionaire. His name has two M's, not one, but two. His wife's name is Dot, and <laughs> <laughs> get it? Argh, 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 argh. Yeah. So jo- uh, Joel Com is with us next week on the advertising show. We look forward to that as well, and yeah. uh, continue to uh, enjoy the fact that you like to tune in and, uh, too. So tell your friends about it here. So wh- what's, what do you have there? You know, uh, the next time Ray that any of us are tempted by an unsolicited email to click onto a link that you know connects you up to a salacious uh, video. Yeah, you, you need to proceed with caution. Not that you or I would even do that, but apparently a hacker group called Storm Botnet flooded the internet recently with email invitations to watch a lusty video on YouTube, yeah, in, including a link to the uh, promised video on the Google-owned video sharing site. Only that the link wasn't to YouTube. Instead, it linked uh, clickers to the uh, to an attacker-operated site that attempted to download malicious programs. Victims' uh, oh. PCs were turned into zombies, and and uh, apparently uh, hackers used to attack other online uh, uh, sites and fl- traffic floods and so on and so forth, which is obviously techniques that they use. You, if you've been seeing this, I know I have. Storm Botnet also is reportedly responsible for the recent flood of malicious emails offering fake electronic greeting 
cards. I had one that said, your daughter has sent you a greeting card. I don't have a daughter. <laughs> you know, that I mean, should be your first clue, okay? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, the, but it, I, have it, you seen any of those uh, greeting card emails coming through? Oh, yeah. And you know yeah. what? They don't get anywhere. It's well, I know. So me neither. But that's where they're coming from, this wonderful Great. storm botnet. Great. Thanks yeah. a lot. Thanks, Storm. Go punch them, please. Uh, we've got, uh, let's see, Jeffrey Gittimer here on the Advertising Show. Quick takes on sales and customer relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey. Most salespeople stop at the end of what they call the selling process. Big mistake. They go through the same old crap of prospect, appoint, present, overcome objections, close, follow up. That sales strategy will lead you no place but to another sales job where you can again reach the level of mediocrity. If you want to build a relationship, if you want to earn referrals, if you want to become known as an expert or the expert in whatever you do, this requires hard work that goes way beyond the sales presentation. It also requires study on your part. If you're not willing to do that, my immediate recommendation is get down to the post office. Get yourself a nice, safe job down there selling stamps. People line up and they go, 100 stamps, please. You go, hey, stamps, just made a sale, stamps. If your customers value the knowledge and the expertise that you have delivered to them, they'll think long and hard before they entertain the the dregs of humanity who also sell your product. You may also know them as your competitors. My challenge to you is to become known as an expert in your field. You see, if you walk in with information about you, you're a salesman. But if you walk in with valuable information about them or for them, now you're a resource. Quick takes on sales and customer relations from The Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say, This is Jeffrey Gittimer, reminding you that if no one responds to your ad, it may be because your ad sucks. Thanks, Jeffrey. And we look forward uh, to uh, next week's guest, Joel Kamm, Internet mm. entrepreneur and host of The Next Internet Millionaire. <laughs> Sounds like a television show or something like that. Yeah, it is. Win cash or whatever. Yeah. So that's uh, Joel Kamm. Next week on the advertising show. Right. Uh, here's a thing out of the New York Times. It says, your ad here on my SUV, and mm. you'll pay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've seen a few of these things around as well. Some companies paying millions to have their logos, uh, logos on Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s race car. Others pay Brian Katz, and we don't know who Brian is, 500 or more a month mm-hmm. for space on his Ford Expedition. You know, right. this is not new. I remember this one. Right. There was a company that uh, when we used to, used to own a Volkswagen Super Beetle, and uh, there was companies that wanted these cars like, specifically. Like to printing companies them. and stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So uh, Mr. Katz is one of the tens of thousands of motorists who have signed up. Uh, to have their cars and trucks wrapped in mm-hmm. advertisements. And that's a big change, too. Before, they had to paint it, right. uh, but now they just wrap it. Uh, up, up to 800 bucks a month, uh, even with the restrictions of, free, of a free car or a hefty subsidy is attractive to motorists. 
This is one of my friends uh, read something about someone giving away free cars for being a moving advertisement, which didn't sound like anything that could happen, uh, yeah. adding that it struck him as a little shady. You know, I don't mind that. I think it's kind of a cool idea, and I think it's really neat that people uh, take advantage of that and advertisers well, take advantage of it. Yeah, I read that in New York Times, and I thought it was a little shady that they were trying to say it was something new. Maybe it's new for New York City. And I was also immediately thinking, wouldn't it have been nice yeah. for Hertz to do the same thing during the OJ chase as their last little touch with him, yeah. and all the eyes would have been on the Hertz and yeah, him yeah, and yeah. and uh, you know the, his buddy driving down the five. <laughs> and he's got his book out now. That's a big uh, kind of yeah. Well. Isn't that something? Whoop de doo. Yeah. So uh, anyway, hope you enjoyed yet, Ron. But it's soon going to be out. Is it, okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, hope you enjoyed Ron today. Go get his book, Karma Queens, Geek Gods, and Interpreneurs, uh, Consumer Eyes. Dot com is the place to go for that. And uh, you know, speaking of those billboards, I hate the, the trucks that drive around with nothing but a billboard on the back. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, man, you're wasting gas. I'm surprised they're not attacked by uh, a green group or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Take you're them giving out. them an idea. Beat them. Yeah, don't say that. No, <laughs> never mind. Uh, looking forward to Joel.com. Next week on the Advertising Show, being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit them online at adage.com. Visit us, too, here at theadvertisingshow.com frequently. The Advertising Show. It's a big radio midgets production. <laughs>